Corey last week uh, took us through to verse uh, 6. And we're going to kind of set the scene again uh, briefly uh, and uh, look at the, the rest of the Beatitudes briefly uh, this evening. Also, obviously, it's just a brief uh, skim through uh, these great words of Jesus. And it's really, in a sense, it's kind of like the Sermon on the Mount is really like Jesus taking us round the table and uh, is giving us a serious chat uh, about uh, what it is to be a Christian. That's what he's doing uh, in the gospel ministry and message that he gives us here in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and very often he does that. Uh, and we need to know that because uh, we have uh, sin blindness. Can someone who's on door duty, could someone maybe go to the door to let someone out? Yeah, thanks. Uh, we have, you know, it's that recognition of privilege and, and who we are. Uh, I can imagine at some point that uh, Prince William and his wife will have little George around the table and say, listen, pal. Well, they probably won't say that, actually. Uh, they'll probably say, listen, young man, uh, uh, you're uh, a prince. And along with being a prince, uh, there's certain responsibilities. Um, and he'll have that table talk with him. And I've no doubt at a different table uh, over this last fortnight, the shadow cabinet table, there's probably been uh, people who have been asked to uh, consider their behavior or their thinking and uh, recognize uh, the new responsibilities they now have uh, as members of the shadow cabinet, uh, along with privilege, always goes responsibility. And that's no different uh, for us as Christians We have great privileges, but we also have great responsibilities. And the Beatitudes are fundamental to teach. Indeed, the Sermon on the Mount is fundamental to teaching us that. Uh, Jesus says to us, look, you are image bearers. You're my children. Uh, You belong to me. And uh, as image bearers, these are the characteristics that I want you to, to bear. Now, this isn't anything about personality. Uh, We've all got unique personalities. We're all different in our personality, and we thank God for that. But this is about our Christian character, and these are characteristics that we are to share in being Christ-like. As we are people molded by grace, living under the shadow of the cross, through the battles of life, we are Christians who are to become molded into the character set that is summarized in the Sermon on the Mount. The rest of the sermon goes on to unpack that in different ways. But the Beatitudes give us the general characteristics that we share as believers. And uh, I would like to stress in this series the cost of discipleship, the cost of grace. Grace is free, but it isn't cheap. And so there's a cost to being a Christian. And we all, we all have a responsibility to be transformed by grace. We're not to stay the same. It's no, it's no badge of honor to say 30 years down the line, well, I haven't moved in my Christian life. I've remained dogged and I've remained the same. And I'm the same now as I was then. That's no badge of honor. That's a, a testimony of great shame. If we haven't developed and matured 
and been transformed in our character to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ, to uh, shun evil and sin, as we've seen in the life of Job. And as Corey reminded us last week, the Beatitudes speak of God's good life. And the Christian life for us is never the easiest. And you may be coming here today bruised and battered a little bit by the Christian life. It's not the easiest life, but it definitely is the life. And it is the best life. And uh, the Beatitudes sum up that for us. Can I just speak uh, for a few moments in general terms about these Beatitudes? And then specifically about the last three that uh, we're looking at today. Just very briefly. Um, The Beatitudes uh, are called that because they infer this great blessing. uh, On each of uh, the verses, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and so on. What does blessed mean? Well, I wonder, it would be interesting to do a kind of uh, straw poll here and to work out from each of you what uh, different uh, emphasis you might give uh, to the word blessed and what it means. I think primarily it's a self-contained joy. That's what blessing is. It's not something that is circumstantial. In other words, blessing is not simply... uh, a condition of how we feel. It is who we are. It's not just how we feel, it's who we are. I think we often associate blessing with good circumstances and that being a reflection of God's favor in our lives. Hashtag blessed. Okay? That's what we are, maybe. And that's what we feel. We've had a good day. We've been out in the sun. We've had a picnic. Everyone's great. We've gone home. Hashtag blessed. That's how we feel. And we feel that that is our blessing. And it's good to, be, to feel blessed like that. And it's good to be thankful to God for his gifts. But that's a, that's a tremendously one-dimensional perspective on blessing. Uh, and its weakness is that very often it, it reflects an attitude that is dependent on circumstances. Our blessedness is dependent on our circumstances on externals and on our feelings. Therefore, it's very volatile. So there's many days we'll not say hashtag blessed because that's far from what we feel. Uh, Because we feel far from God or we don't feel under his blessing. And yet, the Beatitudes are speaking to us about the characteristics that belong to the Christian that allow us to claim blessedness, that we are blessed. What we are in Christ is that we are blessed. We are blessed always in Christ, not dependent on our circumstances, not dependent on our feelings, but when we have come to Christ, we are in a place where we can know and understand and have that self-contained joy and life that comes from being made right with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So that we can rise each day, whatever we are facing in the day, and uh, we can know that we are blessed in our lives. Now, I realize that probably from this pulpit, I stress the battles of life more, uh, maybe even more than than I should. Uh, the, uh, The struggles and the difficulties and the doubts and the fears... And yet it's important for us to have the, the other side of that and recognize that even in darkness or in struggles, 
that we are a people who are blessed. We should be able as Christians and as believers this evening to rejoice and give thanks despite even maybe the circumstances we find ourselves in because we have an an identity in Jesus Christ which will not be taken from us. Which means uh, that we know the stability of his friendship, of his grace, of uh, his life, uh, of his uh, favor over us because of Jesus Christ our Lord. That gives for us a great stability. I think it's easy for us to moan and grumble and complain and find many reasons to criticize and condemn the way God is dealing with us in our lives. And yet we have this perspective that must be one that we reflect, one that we uh, rejoice in, and one that we uh, share uh, both in our worship together and in our lives that we are blessed. So blessing is, is not so much uh, uh, how we feel, it is who we are in Jesus Christ. And the Beatitudes speak of blessing... And they also speak, uh, therefore, in general terms, of shared characteristics. The Beatitudes are not unlike the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we don't talk, and we we oughtn't to talk about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, self-control, as if they're um, individual fruit that we can pick and choose about. It's more like a cluster of grapes, one uh, cluster of grapes that is to be reflected in our lives all of the fruit of the Spirit, maybe to a greater or lesser degree, certainly, uh, as we mature in Christ. But uh, we're not to pick and choose the fruit of the Spirit, nor are we to pick and choose the characteristics of the Beatitudes. It's not that some of us uh, might be particularly mournful and others might be particularly merciful in their lives. And uh, one person mourns, the other person's merciful and the odd person now and again is persecuted, but that's certainly not for me, and I'm not sure about being poor in spirit. It's not that we pick and choose different beatitudes for our lives like personality traits. These all reflect the character that Christ wants us to be. He wants us to have all of these characteristics. It's not a mixing and matching to uh, suit our temperament in some kind of consumerist way. We recognize, uh, as Corey so clearly uh, uh, preached and spoke about last week, that uh, the the fundamental basic poverty of spirit, uh, mourning over sin, gentleness and meekness, hungering and thirsting after righteousness and so on, should mark every believer as part of what enables us and makes us blessed in our lives. So there's these shared characteristics. And I think the danger for us, both in, say, in the fruit of the Spirit and in the Beatitudes that are given to us here, is that we are consumerist. And we forget that sanctification involves transformation. It involves not just staying as we are and maybe strengthening our strengths and working on our weaknesses at some level. It's more than that. It's being transformed. It's being turned around. It's uh, realizing that we are to, in our lives and in our hearts, reflect all of these characteristics. And that's what binds us together. Our personalities make us very different. 
but the characteristics that we are to share bind us together. And uh, we seek to know and understand that uh, by living a life uh, of sanctification, of transformation. And we encourage and teach one another in this. So there's shared characteristics. But the Beatitudes in general terms are also paradoxical. Okay? You'll not find these Beatitudes in any self-help manual, uh, in any uh, uh, philosophical journal of of how to live successfully. Uh, The world's values of power, of control, of self-assertion, of ambition, and of hedonism are not found in these uh, Beatitudes. They are paradoxical in the sense that they're, they're different from what we would normally expect blessing to, to be in human terms. That is, you know, so that many people, whether they're believers or many people who are not believers, will say, I feel very blessed today. I'm not sure, quite sure sometimes what that means. I feel very happy. I feel that there's some kind of um, uh, impersonal warmth uh, hitting my, my flesh and, and, and giving me a good day. Uh, but the Beatitudes are uh, countercultural or counterintuitive at that level because they don't, they don't express and they don't uh, speak about happiness and blessedness in the way that the world does. And so often Christians are labeled as being conservative with a, a small C, I hope, and certainly not with a big C. <laughs> uh, but Sorry, I'm only joking. Um, but certainly with a small C, Christians are labeled as conservative. And really, that shouldn't be the case. Christians are utterly radical. And the Beatitudes speak of characteristics that will set you apart from the the way that everyone else thinks and acts and lives their lives and makes their decisions because they come from Jesus Christ and it's a mindset that is not the mindset of the unbelieving world in which we live. And that's a challenge to us as we go from here and live our lives. It's a challenge for us to remember that we're not conservative with a small c, that we are radical people. We are going to be going against the flow. We are swimming against the tide. And that will mean challenges for us. And it will mean standing up where other people uh, will say nothing. And it will mean that we will be uh, living an ethic and a morality that will set us on a collision course with our neighbors and our colleagues and our friends at one level. And the way we deal with that is hugely important, of course. So it's paradoxical. So the last thing in general terms is that the Beatitudes are both for now, they're for today, and they're for later. They're for the future. And I think that's important, that we recognize the Beatitudes that Jesus taught, the the summary of the characteristics of what it is to be a Christian, are for now, the kingdom of heaven is now, we belong to Christ, we are uh, citizens of his kingdom. We belong to a different uh, world, a different mindset, a different uh, Lord over our lives. And that is what we believe now. We will be comforted now. We can be satisfied now. We can know uh, mercy now. Uh, we will see God uh, spiritually and his work in our lives now. But there's also a future 
aspect to this kingdom uh, blessedness and kingdom beatitudinal thinking and it is that uh, there is still the best is still to come that uh, we will inherit the earth and uh, we will know the kingdom of heaven in its fullness and in its power and in its glory and that's important for us as Christians to live not just in the here and now but with this future aspect with this future dimension in our lives and that also means of course that community, Christian community matters now. The kingdom of heaven to which we belong uh, is not all private rooms. There's a communality about it. There's a sense in which we work out our grace for God and our grace from God uh, with one another. And that is reflected in the way we live in community as we reflect the body of Christ and as we reflect Christ our Savior and attract others uh, or repel them possibly uh, by that. And I know that's very difficult for young people, particularly who might be here, to think about that future aspect. Um, It's easier the older you get uh, to think of and hope for the future aspect. But it's very important that we reflect the kingdom of God, which we will know in its fullness and its perfection one day here in our lives now. And that is a challenge, huge challenge for us. So that in general terms, uh, uh, as we look at the introductory characteristics, can I very briefly just mention the last ones that uh, Corey didn't mention, uh, specifically the characteristics. Um, So Corey mentioned the the early ones, and again, you know, you wonder if people would say blessed. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm feeling really repentant and humbled by my sin today, hashtag blessed. Feeling spiritually poor. And grieving over the way I've let others down and let God down. Blessed. I feel meek. Now, meekness is a great word, isn't it? It doesn't mean weakness. It is controlled strength. I say that specifically, especially to the blokes, to the guys here. It's gentle power. It's not weakness. It's not being stood all over. It's a controlled strength like Jesus Christ. Having that longing and appetite for Christ. I want to read the Bible. I want to uh, pray and serve God and learn from him. Hashtag blessed. So then there's these other uh, characteristics that we have here. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And that is uh, an ongoing characteristic that we are asked. You're asked to go tomorrow in your day-to-day living from here, and you're to go and uh, you're to uh, be merciful you have to work that out. How that, what does that look like for you in your day-to-day living? How does it look to be merciful? It's the active response of having been dealt with in grace. You know, grace is what uh, we receive for pardon, and mercy is what we know relieves our need. And uh, that's that compassionate attitude that we are to show in our lives. We're to be merciful, uh, because as we treat others mercifully, Uh, that will be, it's kind of, uh, one comes after the other, the chicken before the egg, whatever you call it, you might want to think about it as as we are blessed, as we've received blessing, as we've received mercy, we show mercy, and as we show mercy, we receive mercy. And so, if we are harsh and judgmental and have a high um, uh, expectation of others, then we'll find that that is how we are judged ourselves. And, yet, and that's not been how we've been judged by Christ. 
We've been shown mercy and we, we show mercy in our lives. We show compassion uh, to those who are in need. I, I don't know how that will work out. In you. Do you come across anyone in need in your life? Will you tomorrow? Uh, are we surrounded only by, you know, lovely people, none of whom have any need? I doubt it. I doubt that's the case. It might not be material need. It might not be practical need, although I'm sure there's many opportunities to show such. But there will be many opportunities to help people who are in need in your sphere of influence as you have it in your life. And I think that these Beatitudes remind us of why a shallow, a shallow Christianity and a shallow Christian community will not reflect the love of Christ because we will not share need and we will not know need and we will not want to know need. Friend in need is a pain in the neck. That is sometimes what our attitude is because we want to live our own life, our own way, uh, in our own bubble without the burden of being merciful, which uh, uh, we thank God that Jesus didn't think. So there's merciful, but then also there's blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, the Sermon on the Mount speaks uh, variously about moral purity. uh, And uh, that's a very significant and important element of the Christian life, that we we have a a pure ethic and that we live uh, morally upright, blameless and upright lives, to, to go back to Job again. But... This isn't primarily about moral purity. Rather, it's, it's about having a pure heart that is free from division. It's free from hypocrisy. Uh, it is uh, absolutely uh, clear-minded. It is pure uh, in its direction and its thinking. There's no duplicity there. Uh, we don't act one way publicly and act another way privately. It's kind of like a Ron Seal heart. It says what it is in the tin. You know, what you are uh, publicly as a Christian of what you profess, you are in your heart because there's a purity of heart there. There, It's undistilled, your Christian commitment and mine. And honesty, honesty, a genuineness. um, And that, again, uh, reminds us of our need for uh, Christ Jesus to take our hearts and to keep our hearts from being duplicitous from being double-hearted or double-minded or being unstable and not knowing the way forward. So there's that kind of single vision, pure vision in our ongoing lives. And therefore, we move on to the next one, which is blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, both in the community and in the church, a Christian characteristic is to be one of peacemaking. As much as, as much as it is up to us, we know that New Testament uh, uh, recognition that uh, there will be times when it's impossible for us to live at peace. But as much as it's possible for us, we are to be peacemakers. Uh, and in your own daily life, as you go from here, that, that is a characteristic that you're to show and they're to bear. And that's a costly one for us uh, because it's not appeasement. Now reflect on that in your marriages and uh, in the closest of relationships you have. 
that it's not about appeasing uh, behavior in order to keep the peace at all costs. It's the same peace that Christ demands uh, if we are to be peace with him, which is not appeasement, which is not that Jesus just says, well, it's okay, it doesn't matter. You can live any way you like. I'll forgive you anyway. Because that's what I want to do. No, that there was this great cost to the peace that Jesus Christ can offer is the cost of his own blood. Uh, and it wasn't appeasement. It was absolutely just. And it was absolutely loving what he did on the cross. And so, uh, similarly, that attitude of peacemaking uh, is what we are to show in our Christian conduct and in our lives. That it's not appeasement. It's not saying, you know, and, and very often we are people who don't want any kind of confrontation. We don't want any kind of conflict in our lives, but to know peace uh, in community and to know peace in your marriage and to know peace at home and to know peace in the workplace will sometimes require that we stand up and say, this is wrong. What you've done is wrong. If there's to be peace, there must be repentance and there, there must be recognition and repentance and a turning from that. It's not the peace of the graveyard. It's a living, vibrant, growing and developing peace. Not touchy, feely Christianity. It's courageous. It's manly. It's womanly to live in this way where we deal with one another and when we deal with our sins and our failings and our faults where we say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You pointed that out. That was wrong. I'm sorry. We move on and we deal with it. It's not appeasement. That requires for us commitment and it requires depth of relationships. Something we seek to model here. Not just a shallow, um, consumerist Christianity, but one that is committed and that is deep-seated and uh, that is uh, wholehearted. And lastly, and very briefly, uh, there is this double um, beatitude, double aspect to this beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in great in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Paradoxical, isn't it, that this comes after peace? Uh, there's both peace, but there's also persecution in the Christian life. And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves of this characteristic. Because most of us spend our lives, and I certainly include myself in this, is avoiding at all costs any kind of conflict or persecution uh, from outside, from others. But it's there. And if we are honest to the characteristics of Christ, and if we're dependent on him, and if we're living for him, then we will find that we will be persecuted. Because we are Christ's, not because we're obnoxious. Okay? I think some people think uh, that it's okay to be obnoxious and be persecuted as a result. And that, that is honouring to God. I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think we are to seek uh, favour of men. We are to seek uh, to bless them, to uh, love them, to serve them. But we are going in such a different direction. We are thinking so differently from them. And our lordship is uh, so uh, radically opposite to uh, the mindset of the society in which we live. There will be, and we have known it and seen it, opposition and persecution for our faith. Irreconcilably different values to the world in which we live. I guess sometimes the question is, do we? 
Are our values that different? Are our pleasures and our ambitions and our focus in our lives and our relationships and our conversations, are they really that different from anyone else? And uh, is there a sense in which uh, we are completely under the radar, knowing no persecution for standing up for the morality and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? What's her response to be uh, when we will know this in our lives? Maybe increasingly in, a kind of, in the public uh, theater uh, of society that we are entering into these days. Our response isn't to be uh, retaliation. Uh, we're not to get our own backs, not to be an eye for an eye. It's not to be uh, one of sulking in the corner and licking our wounds, self-pity. Or is it to be stoic? Nor is it indeed to enjoy persecution. I think some people enjoy persecution. Uh, they seem to. And I, I've never understood that. Uh, but we are to rejoice in Christ and uh, be glad that uh, we are counted worthy in his name for being like him and uh, for being associated with those who went before us uh, in the Old and in the New Testament and that we can look forward to a future free from uh, such persecution and opposition. So we find that uh, in that very brief summary, uh, the Christian characteristics that should mark all of our lives, that we should have to a greater or lesser degree, I'm sure, depending on our circumstances, our age, uh, our time of life and whatever else it is, that, uh, but we should reflect this. These are the characters. This is not personality. They're all unique. This is the character that he wants us to be and it comes from having that recognition of our need of Jesus Christ and the poverty of spirit and the mourning over sin and the meekness that comes from following him and the hunger and thirst after righteousness. May we reflect that and may you be challenged uh, in this week into which you're entering as I must be by living a beatitudinal life uh, and showing these characteristics in all that we do. Let's bow our heads briefly and pray. Father God, we ask and pray that you would teach us from your word, that you would lead us uh, in your truth, that we would be guided uh, by the ethic and the morality of the good life that is uh, shown to us here. And above all, that we would see and know that, uh, that this life, these characteristics are uh, ours as we hunger and thirst after the righteousness after we hunger and thirst after Jesus Christ himself, and as we look and see him as the perfect example of uh, this blessed life, and as we seek uh, his humility and his grace and his forgiveness in our lives, where we fall short of our own standards, let alone of heaven's. Lord, keep us from uh, finding it easy uh, to deal with the speck that is in uh, the eyes of others and ignoring uh, the large plank that is jutting out from our own eye. Help us never to have that sense of self-righteousness that keeps us from knowing your blessing. And may we humbly move forward uh, in grace together as a people 
and individually in our lives. Bless this congregation today. Bless each individual here tonight who goes out into uh, a different working world, a studying world, world at home, uh, world um, in commerce, whatever it might be. We pray for them. Pray that you would bless them, that you'd be close to them, that they would know uh, your presence with them in their lives. Be with uh, us all in this week into which we've entered and help us to honor you and praise you and uh, be encouraged to support and look after one another in the battles and in the vicissitudes of life that we face. So continue with us, we pray, and uh, guide us as we conclude our worship and sing praise uh, together in Jesus' name. Amen.